Welcome to the Sunny Hill Podcast. This message was recorded at our pool campus. For more information about service times and locations, please visit sunnyhill.church. Happy New Year! 2020, you've made it. You may have thought like you wouldn't, but you've got here eventually, and that's always an exciting time. I don't know if you've done up your New Year's resolutions lists yet, all of those things you're going to be achieving over 2020. I've been thinking a lot about 2020, thinking a lot about like um, resolutions and all of these kinds of things, and thinking, this is a strange year. It's a big year. It's the first year we're going to be ruled by a majority government for who knows how long. I don't know what that means, but it feels big, like that could be big. It could really be the year when Brexit actually means Brexit. Like, let's be honest, this could be the year. That's a big year. It's also the year where we can start to see whether or not a president can get reelected, even though he's been impeached. So there's multiple things working out this year that seem to be really big. I don't know what your big things are that you have in mind for 2020, but I was thinking, if I was President Trump, which is a strange thought, I know, because hair-wise and a lot of other things going on, but if I was President Trump, what would my New Year's tweet be? Because obviously that's the official communication of the president now over social media via tweet. And I discovered this. That in 2019, this was President Trump's official treat that he sent out to all of the world. Are you ready for it? He said this. Happy New Year to everyone, including the haters and the fake news media. That was his New Year's tweet that he sent out to the world. He reined it back this year and just in all caps sent out, Happy New Year. That's the official kind of statement. And I thought, what would I tweet if I was Trump? What I thought I'd probably tweet is this, just calm down, just calm down. Now I realize that this statement, just calm down, can have multiple meanings and multiple messages for different people. Uh, One of my kids has got asthma and when they do exercise, it really flares up and they struggle to breathe. And being the good parent and father that I am, I'm always carrying around that little asthma inhaler, not at all ever. And so you're out in the park or you're out somewhere at the beach, your child's running around and the next thing you can see it working itself out. He's all like, (gasps) all I have is this one thing, just calm down, just calm down, just calm down, breathe with me, calm down. And slowly trying to help him catch back his breath and breathe, it's just a good thing. I've also been married for nearly 20 years Uh, Yeah, it's great. And I realized this. Yeah, she's made it through. In the middle of a fight, and this is just for all of you men in here who are either newly married or not married yet, you want to write this down in your notebooks. In the middle of a fight with your wife, what you can't say is just calm down. You can't say it. It doesn't go well. Actually, I've realized it has the opposite effect to what you imagine that it would. Um, I learned this early on. We were in the middle of a fight, and I was all like, just calm down. And Charmaine did not calm down after that at all. And there was a lot of punishment that went around for that. Praise the Lord, we got through it. Hallelujah. But just calm down can meet so many things to so many people. It can elicit responses that produce life, 
or responses that have the opposite effect. But I wonder if in 2020, I said to you, take your list of New Year's resolutions, rip them up, throw them away, and just make one. This year, I am going to just calm down. I wonder what difference it could make to your life. I think most of us live lives that are chaotic and out of control. Whether or not we want to admit it is another conversation, but for a lot of us, life feels like it's so busy, so just out of our grasp all the time, we live for holiday moments. I don't know if you're like that. I can't wait for holiday. I look forward to holiday. I'm disappointed when the holiday's passed and then start looking forward to the next holiday. And we've somehow worn busyness as a badge. It's a good thing. If someone says, how are you doing? I am busy as. Like as if this is a great way for us to live our lives. This is a great way for us to spend the rest of our lives chasing the elusive holiday that may never come. And even when we get there, because our lives are so chaotic, we're too tired to actually enjoy it. Like I always think that. I go away for a week and I think I needed two. I go away for two. I'm going to think, you know what I needed? Three. I'm going to do three, and you know what I'm going to think? I need a sabbatical. I'm off to New Zealand. Um, like, yeah, I need a sabbatical. It, it, it's so weird. We spend our whole lives in this kind of organized chaos. Um, I have this conversation with my, li- with my wife all the time. Uh, I feel like she lives the most chaotic life of anyone I know. She is hyper-organized but she does a lot of stuff. Like she does more than I do in a week, in like a morning, and I don't know how she gets through it. But you know when you look at someone's schedule and you, you yourself feel worn out? I like read her schedule and I'm like, I just gotta go back to bed, have a sleep, I don't know how you do it. And I feel like it's organized chaos, it's just chaotic, there's so much going on. But I realize my life is no different. I live in chaos all the time, organized chaos, but it's chaos, and it always feels just on the brink of being out of control. Like um, there's a phrase, um, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't know how many of you in 2019 felt every moment of 2019 is like, is this the straw? Is this the straw that's going to snap it? And basically, I'm done. You're the camel in this scenario. If you haven't picked that up, you're the camel. I'm basically done. We live these lives of chaos, but I wonder what would happen if what we simply did in 2020 is we just calmed down. I wonder what difference it could make. I'm fascinated by this idea of becoming calm and finding calm in what we do. And I've been doing quite a lot of research in wanting to understand what are the benefits of becoming people who are calm. And it's really, really easy. Um, It's really, really interesting when you find this out. There are three or four big benefits that emerge when somebody begins to find calm in their lives. Uh, I didn't know some of these things, and it really kind of challenged me in my thinking. Listen to this one. The first one is, people who feel calm feel more in control of their emotions, and so by default, more in control of their life. I I don't see myself as an emotional guy. Like, I don't cry ever. I mean, let's be honest, not a lot of things to cry about. 
So I feel like pretty much I'm just a guy guy. I'm not like hyper emotional. But I know that when my life gets really chaotic, certain emotions flare up in my life. My temper flares up. My ability or inability to be patient flares up. The minute things get out of control or too stressful, certain things, certain emotions, certain ways that I govern and control my life seem to slip away. Am I the only one who experiences this? Are people with me? Yeah, people like you, you find us. And it's really interesting. You can see this a lot in people who have got high-pressure jobs or maybe low-pressure jobs. I don't know, but you come home from a stressful day at work. Your kids say something, and you're all like, rah, rah, rah. Like they haven't even done anything. Your spouse or partner or somebody says something, you're like, rah, rah, rah. Then you turn on the TV, and you're like, this rubbish on again. I can't believe it. Why am I paying for Netflix? Well, no one pays for Netflix. We all only have three accounts that we share amongst the world. But why am I sharing that person's account and watching this rubbish for free, I can't believe it. Like, uh, we lose control of our emotion. An interesting thing is, is the more that we lose control of our emotions, the more our lives feel like they're slipping out of our grasp. People spend a lot of money going to psychologists to try and get control back of their emotions. And yet I wonder what would happen if in 2020 we just calmed down. We would begin to find some practical benefits. We'd feel more in control of our emotions and our lives. The second benefit of just calming down is this. You may not like this. You can hear your own thoughts. You can hear your own thoughts. So much of our lives is so busy and so tightly packed, organized chaos, that we never have an opportunity to hear ourselves think. I don't know if you've ever stopped. It's the worst part of the holiday. You go away that first kind of week, week and a half, two weeks, depending on how much you need. Your mind is frantically just going crazy. And then it feels like you run out of stuff, and what you begin to hear is all of the stuff you don't want to hear. Your body, your mind, your brain telling you, man, this isn't happening. This isn't working. You're not coping. You may need to do this. You may need to change. It's interesting. That's normally why at New Year's people come up with resolutions because they've had a breather. And intentionally what they're trying to do is just hear themselves think. Most people don't want to hear themselves think. I don't want to hear myself think. I would much rather watch the new series on Netflix than have to actually hear my own thoughts because my own thoughts are quite revealing. It's really interesting, the Bible talks a bit about this and says nobody can know the heart of man except for God. Like he knows what you're thinking, he knows your thoughts, he actually knows what's going on. But most of us, I think if God said, do you know what I know about you? We would go, no. (laughs) Do you know what I know about you? No, I don't, God. I'm too busy, but I can tell you what is happening on Gilmore Girls because I'm smashing that series right out the park. Like it's, if you don't know Gilmore Girls, you've got, that should be a news resolution, watch Gilmore Girls, that's just where it is. It's really, really interesting for me because I don't actually always like to listen to my own thoughts. I don't like it. And I like to fill my life up at times so I don't want to. Yet it's interesting when I can hear my own thoughts 
I can begin to make clearer and better decisions about my life. Like clearer and better decisions about my life, what I'm doing, where I'm going, what I should do, what I should be giving my time to, what I should be focusing on. So what happens if in 2020 you just calm down so you could begin to hear your own thoughts? I wonder what difference it would make. Third thing, when you calm down, you begin to have clearer communication. I love this. I was thinking about how I fight at times, especially at home with my wife. Do you ever have those fights with somebody that when you're finished fighting and you stop and you think about it, you have no idea what you actually were saying or what you meant? Am I the only one who has this? You're like going back and forth. Oh, rah, 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 rah. And you were, rah, 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 rah. well, this was, rah, 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 rah. and at the end of it, you've like shouted about the trees and you've shouted about window panes and like dogs and you've looked and gone like, I hate gerbils, I really do, and we should fight about that. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just this kind of mashed rah, that's come out. But actually, when you calm down, because you're beginning to hear your thoughts, you begin to be able to communicate a lot clearer. Actually, a lot of the language changes. It becomes less about you and more about me. This is what I'm feeling, and this is what I'm thinking, and this is what's going on in my life, and this is what I think I need to maybe look into, rather than if you, 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 you can change and shift, everything will be better, because I don't have enough time to sort any of this stuff out. I'm super busy because I live in organized chaos. Calming down begins to create for clearer communication. And clearer communication makes for better relationships across the board, at home, with your kids, with your friends, with your bosses, with your colleagues. Clearer communication makes for much, much, much better relationships. And here's the fourth thing, and I really, this blew me away. They did some scientific research and discovered this. People who are calm enjoy better health. I didn't know this. People who know how to be calm are actually healthier than people who don't. Like physically, they are healthier. I think it's got something to do with the fact that people who are calm have learned a secret of dealing with stress and chaos and anxiety and all these other things that this organized chaotic stuff in how we live puts on us, that it actually makes them healthier. It makes them healthier in their heads. It makes them healthier in their bodies. It makes them healthier in their relationships. It makes them healthier. And what's really interesting, because when I looked at these four things and I began to break down my New Year's resolution list, what I realized is this, is most of my New Year's resolutions could probably fit into one of these four benefits that would come from calming down. And I thought, wow, I could spend all of 2020 trying to achieve all of these things on my list, or I could spend 2020 trying to simply just calm down. And if I can calm down, all of these other benefits could come. Are you battling with your weight? The key is to just calm down. 
Because when you calm down, you're going to realize, actually, the way I'm living is probably not the way I desire to live. As you start to hear your inner monologue, your thoughts, you begin to go, I want to really address this. And so you'll begin to put action in place to start to address it. Do you want to have better relationships? Well, if you chose in 2020 to just calm down, you may begin to look at and go, wow, this is how I'm really feeling about these relationships. Here are some things I need to work on, on myself, to make my relationships better because I can begin to see and hear and discover internally what's going on. Most of my list would be covered by just calming down. Certain things won't be. Watch more Netflix. No matter how calm you are, like, that's not going to be covered. I mean, it's not really on my list. I haven't said one of my New Year's resolutions is to watch more Netflix. That's not humanly possible. Um, so, but actually, when you just calm down, a lot of the benefits, a lot of the things you're trying to achieve in 2020, I believe you can achieve by calming down. Joyce Mayer makes an interesting statement. She says this. Getting stress out of your life takes more than prayer alone. I mean, that's quite a big statement. Getting stress out of your life takes more than prayer alone. You must take action to make changes and stop doing whatever is causing the stress. You can learn to calm down in the way you handle things. I think there's actually a deep, deep biblical principle here. And so we're going to go to Psalm 131. It's only three, three verses. It's really, really short. Um, whoever's at the back, can they click onto the next slide? And here it is. This is from the message, Psalm 131. It says this. God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. I don't want to be a king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. I've kept my feet on the ground, I've cultivated a quiet heart, like a baby content in its mother's arms, my soul is a baby content. Wait, Israel, for God. Wait with hope. Hope now. Hope always. A lot of writers don't really know in David's life when he wrote this, but the consensus generally is it was the time when David was being hunted by Saul. He's on the run. David's the rightful king. He's been anointed um, by the prophet, and God's gone, this is the guy who's going to rule it. Saul, feeling threatened, is going after David and is wanting to kind of destroy him and get him, and it's all unfolding. And in this, the people around Saul and Saul himself was spreading this news that David was this arrogant person who believes he has a divine right to take over the kingship. And they think that in the realm and in the space of this going on, David writes this psalm saying, God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. I'm not trying to be in charge. I'm not trying to be more than what you've called me to be. I don't want to be king of the mountain. This isn't a desire I'm carrying deep in my heart. I don't want to be king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business. I'm not doing the stuff I shouldn't be doing, but I'm doing what I should be doing. I haven't been fantasizing about grandiose plans. One day when I'm king, I'm going to have a gold palace, and I'm going to drive, like, I don't know, gold cars, and I don't know what you do as a king, and... I really don't know what you do as a king. I've got no clue. And wear big crowns. I, I, like, I, I don't know. But he's going, I'm not doing that. I've kept my feet on the ground. I've cultivated a quiet heart. 
cultivated a quiet heart. Like a baby content in its mother's arms, my soul is a baby content. Wait, Israel. Wait with hope. Hope now. Hope always. Here's David in the middle of being hunted, in the middle of being accused of all of these things. And what he chooses to do in that moment isn't to just stop and go, I better pray for help. But actually he goes, I'm choosing to calm down. I don't know if you see it there. It's an interesting psalm. God, I'm not trying. I don't want. I haven't meddled. I've kept my feet. I've cultivated. This is a proactive psalm. This is David saying to God, God, I'm just letting you know what I'm doing. Joyce Mayer's right. Getting rid of stress isn't just about prayer, and prayer is important, and we should be praying about these things, but it is about you taking action. I, I, I've done this. I'm doing that. I'm doing these things. And I think that in it, there are a few things we can pull out that will help us to begin to quieten down in 2020. Here's the first one. God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. Be content. Be content. If you want to be calm, you need to become content with your life. You have enough. You are enough. You are doing enough. Be content. This doesn't mean be lazy. This doesn't mean don't go after big things. This doesn't mean don't be aspirational. This doesn't mean don't have a vision. Don't see a bigger future for yourself. Don't desire a bigger destiny. What this does mean, though, is be content. You have enough. When you can become content, you can start to find calm. Most of us aren't calm because we're not content. We're not content with our homes. We're not content with our spouses. We're not content with our family. We're not content with our bank balances. We're not content with our job. We're not content with how we live. All of us believe we should have more, have earned the right to have more, to have more, to desire more, that things should be better for us. And even at times we look at God and we go, I can't believe you've done this to me. I deserve so much more. Blah, 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 blah. And it all grows and it's chaotic and it's out of control. And we're always at stress peak because I've never earned enough and I need to work harder to make more money. Because you see, when I've got more, I'm going to be happier. And when I'm living like this, I'll be happier. And if I've got this kind of wife, then I'm smashing it out of the park, but this kind of wife, eh, it's not too good, you know, and if my kids were like those kids, that would be better, God, praise God, you're not like those kids, but man, those kids, there, that would be even better, and we live these lives, where what we're desiring is more, and more, and more, and more, and it's never enough, and now I've got 19 coffee makers, and now I've got 23 TV sets, and I'm still not happy, so I need a 24th one, and I need another car, and I need a different car, and maybe if I had this car with leather seats, that would be better, and we live lives that become, and you can feel it in you now, as I'm saying, it, you feel stressed, like I don't know how to cope. We live our lives that way because we can't be content. It's interesting. David goes, I am not trying to rule the roost. He has been told by God that he will rule the roost. I mean, this, this isn't the guy sitting there going, oh, you know, it'd be cool if I could do this. is him saying, 
yeah, I get what you're saying, but let me just tell you, God Almighty, who made everything, has told me I will be in charge. Like, there's something to that where you have to go, if there is a person alive who should be able to say, I am trying to rule the roost. He's the guy who should be able to do it. And yet there he is. I'm content. It's a crazy psalm because it was written when David was on the run. There's a good chance it's either written with him hiding in a cave, hiding in a hole, hiding outside. Maybe he's got some of his mighty men around him. Maybe not. He could be all alone. He may not even have food here. And he goes, I'm content. I'm content. We have to learn to become content. It's really important because if you want to calm down, you need to become satisfied, happy with what you have. Become content. Secondly, you need to become intentional. I love this. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. I love that. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. What he's really saying is, I'm only doing the things that matter for me. I'm only doing the things that matter for me. Us living lives that are intentional is about us making decisions every day of our lives, every week of our lives, every month of our lives, every year on our lives, asking a simple question, God, what do I need to do today? What do I need to do this week? What do I need to do this month? What do I need to do this year to achieve everything you're asking me to achieve? What must I do? So let's just say God came and said, um, I don't know, we'll pick someone down over here. Dan, Dan, come on up, I'll pick on you because you're in orange. God came and said, Dan, I, I'm calling you to be a great preacher. Whoa. All right? Hey. I mean, I'm not God, so I don't know if you're saying that or not, but if it makes you feel good, go with it. Thanks, man. It's not, it's not. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, definitely. No, it's not. Yeah, definitely. No. Um, so let's say God's saying to Dan, Dan, I'm calling you to be a great preacher. Now, Dan can't just get up, and he could, I suppose, if he wanted to, and go, I, I've been called to be a great preacher, let me preach. But actually, Dan needs to become content with where he is right now. It's really important to be calm. But the question is this, is Dan now faces a choice. If this is the life of Dan, 2020, like, I mean, turn, look, twin, look, that's 2020. I don't know why you're going back in time, Michael J. Fox. For those of you who don't get that reference, come on, it's a good one. But you got Dan, and Dan's looking forward to 2020, and he knows that what God is calling him to is to be a great preacher. The question facing Dan is, tomorrow, will I watch Netflix, or will I watch a YouTube video on how to prepare a good sermon? It's an intentional decision now. I can either intentionally live my life, making conscious choice, and so Dan says, I'm gonna to choose to watch a YouTube sermon. It's great. This is amazing. And he watches it. Come with me. Keep moving down because it's your life. And he's doing all these things. And, and every day he's making these little things. I'm, I'm, I'm reading the dictionary so I can learn more words because Dan has a very limited vocabulary. And to be a great communicator, I need more words. I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying as an example. Or I could read comic books that are of no help to my life. 
So Dan's making, I mean, why are you choosing comic books now? This is where it's fallen apart already, but you see where I'm going here. And then something comes along, and they go, Dan, we're looking for someone to lead worship at New Wine. It's going to be 20,000 people there. We would love for you to lead it. Or, Dan, we would love for you to come and talk at our kids' camp. We're probably only going to get 30 kids there. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. Can you see living a life of intentionality? Well, if I can get up on stage and lead worship at New Wines, 20,000 people, that's going to be amazing. People will think I'm so great. I won't have to wear this orange shirt anymore. I can actually just wear regular clothing, and that would be amazing. And maybe off that, I might be able to have an opportunity to go and speak somewhere. Or God has told me I'm going to be a great communicator. Communication to 30 kids. Living a life of intentionality is really important. Not big, grandiose, this is a nice, great thing that will be an awesome opportunity for me even though it doesn't fit into my life. This is where people at times look and they go, I've achieved everything I can in my job and I feel unsatisfied. It's because at some point the opportunity wasn't actually the intentional decision they should have made. I could earn 100,000 pounds, that's amazing. When God said, no, what I really want you to do is to stay at 20,000 pounds and to change the life of the 10 people in the office around you. It's hard, man. And I get that that is hard. But you've got to live a life of intentionality because Dan chooses to do 20,000 people. He's super stressed out. He can't cope. He doesn't know how to deliver it. He gets on stage. He forgets the words. His guitar breaks. His trousers fall down. Everyone's laughing at him. Why'd you put that? Because this is going to happen. And, 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 and there's so much chaos and stress in his life, he can't actually make it through. But Dan chooses to live a life of intentionality, and he's nervous and scared to talk in front of 30 people, and he starts, and God moves, and he goes, this is what I'm built to do. I'm totally satisfied. I'm content. I'm happy. This is amazing. I want to keep going. What's the next thing? And someone sitting in the crowd goes, you smashed that for these 30 kids. Do you want to come and talk at my church? That'd be cool. Do you want to come and, and maybe in five years' time, someone comes and says, Dan, we, we need a speaker at New Wine. There's going to be 20,000 people there. Living a life of intentionality and not living a life where we're fantasizing grandiose plans or going into places where we have no business is really important to calming down. Because when you are moving and doing the thing you're built for, it is the calmest you'll ever feel. No matter how complicated it gets. Thanks, Dan. You're amazing. One of my uh, favorite scenes in the West Wing. I love the West Wing. It's a political program. I named my kids off the characters from the West Wing. I'm all in. The, the, the president is struggling to sleep. And as he's struggling to sleep, they, um, the psychologist comes and he's meeting with him secretly. And he says, do you experience stress in your job? And he goes, not really. I have a job I love. It's difficult. And it's hard but I don't find it stressful. It's a profound insight. When you're moving in the thing you're built to move, no matter how hard it is, no matter how challenging or difficult it is, it's still calming. It's calming. It gives you life. You're like, yeah, I can breathe here. I can do this. It's what I'm built to do. 
Living lives of intentionality is key, and David got it. David got it. And then David writes this, I've kept my feet on the ground. I've kept my feet on the ground. I love that. I think simply what David is saying there is he's gone, I have found a way to find clarity about where I'm at in my life. I've found a way to find clarity about where I'm at in my life. It's how you keep your feet on the ground. When I know what's going on in my life and who I am, the things I'm good at and the things I'm bad at, I absolutely know what's going on in my life. And when I know what's going on in my life, I know how to address and deal with it. I know how to be calm because I've got a hold on it. Things aren't taking me by surprise. Well, where did that come from? Why am I feeling this way? Where does this come from? He kept his feet on the ground. He found clarity about his life. And for a large amount of us, I don't think we have that kind of clarity in our lives. And we really need to get the clarity because it's in the clarity that we begin to find the calm. And then I love this. I've cultivated a quiet heart. And basically all that he's saying is, I've built a habit of calm in my life. Building a habit is simply taking specific intentional steps that help you to achieve an end you're going after. And it's a repeated process that you do all the time until it becomes automatic. So an interesting or easy question is simply this. How many people had to actually think about brushing their teeth this morning? I mean, if any hands go up, I'm worried because they shouldn't be. And it's not because your brain is hardwired to brush its teeth. There is a long portion of our history where people didn't brush teeth. No teeth brushing was going on. No teeth were either there in people's mouths. But over the course of time, as things have moved on, we've begun to go, what I need to do is brush my teeth. And so from an early age, a habit was built into your life, which preferably looks at least like this. You wake up in the morning, and before you leave the house, you brush your teeth. For most people, this will be a repeated thing they do every day at the same time, after breakfast, before breakfast, just after I get out of bed, after I've had my first coffee, just before I walk out the door, while I'm in my car, maybe, on the way to work. I mean, I don't want to judge that. It's weird, but maybe that's where you're at. But we do it repeatedly at the same time that we no longer ever think about it. And because we don't think about it, it's automated. And that's what a habit is. Good and bad habits are things we do automatically without thinking about it. Our brain, though, is wired to exist in habit. And so you can choose to actually build into your life a quiet heart, taking moments to stop and breathe and be still. I think one of the most profound verses in the Bible simply says, be still and know that I am God. If 10 times a day, just for a minute, you could intentionally build a habit where just in the middle of your day, you stop and breathe and know he's God. It will change your life in 2020. That will change your life in 2020. And it's a habit that you can build into your life. You just have to repeat it and repeat it and keep making sure you're keeping on doing it until you're no longer thinking about it. 
But David knew it. I've cultivated a quiet heart. And all of this, all of this becomes the anchor point for what he says in the end. So wait, Israel, for God. Wait with hope. Hope now, hope always. God will achieve the plan he has for your life. He will do it, but there are no shortcuts to it. He will do it. As we begin to build these practices into our lives, and as we calm down, what begins to happen is we become people who are quite content to wait with hope. Will I get to where God is going? I will. But right now I wait with hope. And that's okay. Because I will get there. But I wait with hope. But I've got to calm down. And so when I was thinking about this message, I was thinking, what would my push be? What would my take home be? And it's really simple. This 2020, I would encourage you not to write a long list of things to change, not to write a long list of new things you should try and achieve, not to write a long list of things you should fix in your life, but to simply write on a piece of paper, this 2020, I will choose to just calm down. To just calm down. Because I think when we can choose to just calm down, we end up at a place where everything else that we're desiring begins to come into fruition. We begin to reach a place where God goes, I will do what I'm going to do. I will achieve the end I'm going after to achieve. I will begin to change it. I'm gonna invite Phil up. I was speaking to a person um, at the start of last year And it was really interesting. We were busy talking about finances and them wanting to change some habits in their finances. Um, And one of the things that they're wanting to really deal with was um, they had um, like a whole, like a a, a bunch of credit card stuff that they wanted to get through and they didn't know how to do it and we're talking about it. And they just over the course of kind of in 2019 had made a resolve that they were going to deal with this. And they were going to reach a point and they put some practices into their lives to help them just calm down in this area. Uh, One of the practices was giving away their um, credit cards to someone else to look after. Obviously, they weren't contactless credit cards or else that could have been horrendous. But the Uganda repeal appreciates your generosity. Um, But what they did is they gave that away and they left it. And it was really interesting because they didn't really think much of it and kind of didn't really chat. And a little while ago, they came and pulled me aside. And by giving away their cards, it created a calm in their spending. Because it's hard to spend on your credit card if you don't physically have your credit card. And so it created a calm in their spending. Just a little practice, like a little habit. But, but that over time becomes a habit, which means now they no longer need to spend. And it was crazy because they came to me a little while ago and they said, oh, we just, I wanted to say this to you, is that thing we were talking about back then, da 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 I have one more repayment to go and I owe nothing anymore on a credit card. And I was reflecting on that and thinking, it's interesting because I wonder if you started going, I'm going to pay off the credit card 
whether it would have been paid off or not. But I wonder if when you went, I'm just going to calm down into spending. What I want the outcome to be becomes achieved. I wonder if this becomes your desire for maybe a promotion in 2020. Just calm down. Be the best employee you can be now. Calm down. God will work his plan out in that. Maybe you want to see a bigger bank balance in 2020. Just calm down. Because sometimes the greatest wealth you can find isn't in the bigger balance. But it may be in you going, actually, I would give up all of the money in the world to have more time with my children. Just calm down. It may be to be a better husband, wife, friend, partner. Just calm down. Calm down. Because as you calm down, you begin to understand you. And you begin to get a bit better. And then your relationship can begin to get a bit better. Just calm down. What happens if in 2020 it becomes known? Not at the year where we manage to get through another chaotic, organized chaos mess. But the year where we all just calm down. And saw everything we hope God's going to do. Do because we caught our breath. God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. I don't want to be a king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. Just kept my feet on the ground. I've cultivated a quiet heart like a baby content in its mother's arms. My soul is a baby content. Wait, Israel, for God. Wait with hope. Hope now. Hope always. I'm going to invite you to stand where you are as the band comes back up. God, we want to be people who wait. People who calm down this year and who build good practices into our lives to help us move and achieve everything you've asked us to move and achieve in. I pray 2020 would become known as the year where we just calm down. One of the easiest ways to calm down is to partner with others. And we've got a whole lot of new small groups that we're kicking off in 2020. And I'd encourage you, if you're not in a small group in Sunny Hill, to sign up to a small group. It's a great way to find some accountability, to find some friends, and just to find some people who help you calm down, who help you to take the breath, who help you to be able to go, do you know what? I need you to keep my bank card. Please don't use it, but here it is. It's a great way to do that. And so I'd encourage you, if you haven't, go into sunnyhill.life, go into the grow kind of section of sunnyhill.life, it'll drop down tab, you just choose grow for groups and all of the um, small groups that are already existing and new small groups are there and you can sign up. But I encourage you this year to calm down. Make 2020 a year where you catch your breath and you calm down. You will achieve everything God has for you to achieve.